Welcome to the French Tech Asia-Pacific Podcast, the show where we promote the French entrepreneurial ecosystem of the APAC region. We're your hosts, Nikolai Grunweg. And I'm Bill Porman. And today we'll be talking to David Bonsadon, the CEO and founder of We Are Caring, Singapore's first ethical maid agency. We're excited to bring you this interview today because we often hear about tech startups blowing up certain industries, disrupting certain industries. And often with that, there is some knock-on trickle-down effect to people at the lower income levels. Uh, but this is one that is designed explicitly to help people at the lower income spectrum. And I think it's really a very exciting story that we'll be sharing with you today because David's company has existed for only three years and has already risen to be one of the top made agencies here in Singapore. And the way it works is really fantastic. Now, some of you might not know this, but here in Southeast Asia, families are very dependent on what we call uh, domestic workers that live with us at home and take care of our family and help us in our daily lives. The way that usually works is that these women, who often come in from other countries, such as the Philippines or Indonesia, pay a significant chunk of their first months of salaries to the agency that got them into the country. And David is trying to change all that. So I'm really excited about this episode, and it's my pleasure to present to you David Bonsadon, CEO and founder of We Are Caring. Hi, I'm David. Um, I'm French, 35 years old. I've been in Singapore for uh, four years now, and I'm the founder of We Are Caring, a smart and ethical agency in Singapore. You're working in the helper segment. Just to explain to any listeners who don't know what a helper is, what, what yeah, does that mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we come from a part of the world, Europe, where there are no helpers like, like here. Uh, a helper in Singapore and in Asia is mostly a person that's going to work full-time and live with your family uh, to take care of your kids, of the house, of the dogs, going to cook for you and will basically be a uh, helping hand like almost all the time. Right? So these helpers come from countries surrounding Singapore uh, like Indonesia, Philippines, Myanmar, Sri Lanka, um, they are typically uh, come from uh, poor families and they come to Singapore to uh, handle the cleaning, to have a better life, a better career, more money than if they would stay on the countryside and to have a better future for their kids. So we're recording this here in Singapore, but this is something that is not just typical to Singapore, right? It's something that happens all across Asia. Yeah, absolutely. So you right. have about 250,000 helpers in Singapore only, um, but you have 350,000 in Hong Kong, 400,000 in Taiwan. Uh, you have a lot of people in Malaysia, and it's also all the Middle East, right? Saudi Arabia, Qatar, uh, Dubai. These places, like Dubai is probably like 60 or 70% foreigners, and mostly migrant workers, helpers, and guys to take care of the uh, drivers typically. Right? So it's an economy that is gaining worldwide. It's um, a workforce that is an international workforce. And we're gonna talk more about that, but they are trapped um, in both sides, on the country, um, sourcing countryside and the destination side uh, by regulations and agencies that just do not behave the proper way with them. Yeah. So, and we're going to get into that treatment of this class of workers later, because that's really what your business is all about, right? 
Um, so just to sketch the overall context, these are millions of people, right, worldwide, That's on which these local economies depend to a very large extent. Is that correct? Exactly. So if you consider Philippines only, it's 2.5 million of workers abroad. And the money that they send back home every month represent the first industry of the country. It's 50% of the GDP. 50%? 15. 15. 15. Yeah. Wow. And wow. that's more than the outsourcing call centers. Uh, that's more than anything else that they have. Right. So they basically built their economy um, on migrant workers. Right? And so for them, the solution is to, to, to fight with destination countries to increase the wages of the workers so they get more money back home. I see. Having experienced this firsthand, moving here to Singapore and having experienced what it's like to have a helper at home here for the very first time, I think it's also very beneficial to the country that welcomes these helpers, right? Yeah, definitely. So um, consider Singapore. A lot of families need a helper, mostly because the wife is working, right? So you have two working parents in the house um, contributing to the economy. Uh, and they need a helping hand right, to take care of the kids. The kids typically end school around 3 or 4 p.m., which is very early. Then you need someone to fetch them to activities or to just take care of them until the parents uh, go back home. Right? A lot of these helpers are the solution um, to a uh, bigger income for the family. Right? Um, also, a lot of them just take care of elderly people in Singapore. Not a lot of families, not a lot of daughters or not a lot of, uh, of kids want to take care of their parents themselves. Um, and they don't have a lot of nursing homes, right? So it's basically when you're old, you become dependent, you stay at home. But you have the opportunity to, to, to have someone, a professional worker that is here 24-7 um, or with a weekly day off, but is basically here in case of emergency. And that's really precious for the economy. So these are millions of people on a massive scale having a very positive impact on their home economies, enabling more more important incomes for families in the countries that welcome them, uh, enabling perhaps even gender equality up to a certain extent in the countries that welcome them. Yet they are not always treated in the right way, right, according to you? Yeah, uh, to be a migrant worker is not easy. Typically you come from the countryside, you have no any idea about what's the, the, the what's Philipp what uh, Singapore, what Hong Kong is in reality, right? So um, you're you're gonna approach uh, an agency and say, hey, I'm looking for a, a job, right? Uh, because the you know middle income is in Philippines would be about three hundred dollars when you're not qualified, right? Three hundred dollars a month. So you can get five or six hundred dollars if you're um, if you're a domestic worker, right? So you you want to make this move. Right? You approach agencies. Um, they're going to link you to agencies in the destination country and, you know, organize a few Skype sessions. And then they say, hey, you got a job. You can go there. It's free. And then you're going to just pay us back with your, with your salary. What's the situation? The helper comes here in Singapore. She starts a new job. She has usually difficulties to adjust. And for the first four, five, sometimes six months, she doesn't get any dollar from the family. She's just paying back the agency fees that are taken from her from the uh, local agency in Philippines and the local agency here in Singapore. So hold on, just to get this straight. So these, these are mostly women, right? So I, 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 can say, I can say women. They get charged double, once by an agency in their home country and once by an agency here in the, in the welcoming country. Yeah, exactly. The, the, 
No matter where the money is paid, the total is multiple months of their salary and they have no choice and very usually they don't even have a clear idea about how much they're going to pay. Right. So uh, they come here and really they have no clue and then the agent's going to tell them, hey, you know what, you, ha you, you owe me five months because I did some kind of paperwork for you. Right. The, the sad thing is that when the helpers try to avoid the agencies, uh, the regulations in their home country says you cannot, right? So you cannot just find a job on your own and just leave Philippines or leave Indonesia without the proper documentation. Right? So the countries, the, the, the sourcing countries also contribute to maintain an industry that is based on getting money from the, the helper, right? Uh, instead of the employer. Right? So it's, um, uh, it's a reality that we try to, to challenge with our company in Singapore. Yeah. So this sounds like an industry where people, I wouldn't say abuse, but profit of the fact that it is somewhat of a, of a power position, right? Regarding the, the, the people that depend on their services, uh, that, that have a large number of clients, if we may call them that, that are underserved or at least badly served. So it strikes me as something that is quite ripe for disruption. Yeah. 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 So um, definitely, you know, it's very traditional. So when you go and work in Singapore, you're going to see a, a couple of shopping malls that are helpers malls, right? maids malls. Uh, you enter into this place, you have about probably 50 to 60 agencies and you have hundreds of girls that just sit all day long. On a, on a bench and they just wait for a customer. You're, you come with your family, you look at all these people, you look at the way they look, and then you say, okay, I'm gonna sit down at this agency to interview a couple of them. Uh, that's a very embarrassing way to hire someone. Right? You don't really pay attention to the skills. And even myself, when I was uh, living near one such shopping malls, I was uh, still a student here in Singapore, and, and you walk by all these agencies, you are very embarrassed. The way they look at you and they say, please uh, uh, help me or hire me or something, that's one of the motivation uh, that I had at the beginning to say, hey, we need to change that. We need to find a better way for them to find a job, um, a way that would not pay multiple months of salary. Actually, they pay nothing. And we also need to provide a better experience for families because even for them, uh, to just go down to a shopping mall to hire someone uh, with no information about the person, no possibility to have a quality interactions, uh, that's very bad and probably we need to do something better. And well, I can only share my personal experience in this regard. Uh, when I came to Singapore, I very much did not want to, well, it made me feel uncomfortable. Right, that's just exactly the point that you just mentioned. And someone recommended your agency to me, and the experience was very, very different. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that, about how it is that you do things differently. Yeah, so we try to, to provide a better experience for uh, families at every stage of the recruitment. It starts by providing much more information about the helpers to the uh, employers when they are at home, when they are sitting on their sofa. We, are, we actually, on our website, we have profiles of helpers with employment history, recommendation letters, presentation, vid video presentations. So you can check if she speaks English well, if she are, the, the way she describes her experience, if it's relevant for you. Right? And so some people from there decide to uh, uh, go online, pay a small fee to get access to the phone number, they can interview helpers at home. So they don't have to come. Right? 
But alternatively, we also provide, and I guess this is what you use, the uh, opportunity to come for a specific session where we shortlist candidates according to our own criteria and their experience. And so we have topics, for example, on, on Sunday morning is baby care, and then you have child care, another session. We make sure that these girls are qualified, they have relevant experience, um, there is no drama behind. And you come here, it's kind of a lounge here, so it's not, uh, we don't want to be a shopping mall, it's a shop house. Um, uh, we try to promote, you know, a nice environment. You can have a chat, you can even bring her at home if you want a second discussion, take more time with your family, right? And then you're going to find someone. So the, the first step is to find the person. We provide multiple ways, but both ways are respectful and respectful for both sides, right? Then the paperwork, a very traditional industry, you need to sign a lot of documents. Uh, usually people would just come down to the agency back and forth. We are streamlining the process. We are, we, are doing, we are dealing with electronic signature. All the documents are certified, are stored, are available for any customer. That's just much faster. Take care of the uh, work visa, of the insurance, everything that you need for her to start working at your place. And then uh, we don't disappear. So for any topic, any question that you have, uh, we are always available to uh, provide all the information. So we really try to secure the, the finding the right helper, hiring the helper, and then managing the helper. And it's beneficial for both parties, we believe. So, uh, so that's why we continue to grow now. Well, I have to say, I, personally, I found the whole experience to be very hassle-free. It was very Thank easy. You. It, it was it, you took care of everything. Everything was paperless, which I like, right? Compared to a lot of other things here that are very paper-heavy, paperwork-heavy yeah. sometimes. Even though there is this electronic signature, which you mentioned, mm -hmm. right, that can drive a lot of paperless activity uh, if people choose to employ it. Um, and on the side of the helpers, so the way you do things is that the girls don't pay anything. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I created We Are Caring three years ago, and there were already more than a thousand agencies in Singapore, all operating the same way. It's like you, you, you try to make a match, you take one piece on the employer, one piece to the helper, typically one or two months when the helper is already here. And, and so I said, okay, we're going to create the first agency entirely free for helpers. They're going to pay zero at the time of registration and zero if they got a job. And that was pretty hard to implement. Uh, at the very beginning, the helpers did not believe it. So they saw, oh, there's a French guy uh, on the internet and he's trying to contact me, you know, and that's kind of weird. He wants to make a video. Uh, <laughs> so, so that was really a, the, the, a struggle at the beginning. Uh, we started in a co-working space. So, uh, uh, of course, with limited, uh, limited cash available. But, um, but yeah, for the helpers, they, they quickly understood that one, it saves a lot of money. Second, the guy and the agency doesn't want to push them down so we can have a, a, a respectful relationship, right? And, and third, they are so happy that they start talking to their friends, right? So this is what's happening now for, for a while already, which is that any, all the helpers that get a job recommend to their friends. And so we always have an increasing number of applicants uh, and that's awesome for that, right? So we, we don't have to spend marketing. They, they spread the word and we are super happy to help them. To give you an idea, we, are, we did about 1,600 uh, paperwork that we handled uh, over the last three years. Uh, we did about 700 over the last 12 months. 
and, and now we're looking at the next steps to to help them even more currently we look at singapore we operate here uh, but tomorrow we uh, uh, we aim to develop the activity in indonesia and in philippines in sourcing country to really tackle the issue of unethical migration Right, and to get to the other side of the equation, right, that we just mentioned, because we both the both the country where these people are from and the country that will welcome them, there's something to do on both sides. Uh, before we get into that, y you mentioned the number of contracts that you've processed this year. Is that a typical number of contracts for an agency? Is that average, above average? Uh, there are a thousand agencies in Singapore. Mm -hmm. The average number of contracts per year is 70 uh, only. Uh, so we do 700, so we're considered as a big agency. We are the 25th or 26th agency in Singapore over the thousand. Um, but every month we, uh, we, we go up, so uh, we hope to get <laughs> number one uh, within two years. Uh, for sure, that's a good challenge. But also, we, we, we grow in numbers, but customer service is key. And the, the, the Ministry of Manpower is very active in Singapore. They are established a customer service rating system. They send SMS to every single family in Singapore that use an agency. And they ask them to rank the agencies on a, a couple of topics. And then they establish their ranking. And so we, what we see is that among the top 100 agencies in size, we are actually the best ranked in Singapore in customer service right? uh, whatsoever. So that's, uh, we are super proud of that. And the other agencies are super jealous of that. Uh, so they, uh, they, <laughs> they let me know. That's right? good. That's yeah. good. So just to summarize, in three years, you found a weird caring three years ago. You've moved into the top 1% of agencies here in Singapore. And you're number one ranked in customer satisfaction. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, uh, that's very impressive. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was not easy. So let's talk about uh, money, profit, loss. Yeah. Uh, so we lost money for about a year and a half. Well, so the break-even was uh, in 2017. And now we're making money uh, every month. So we're sustainable. We're proving now that uh, ethical hiring works, that ethical hiring brings satisfaction to both parties. And now our challenge is to show that ethical hiring is scalable. Right? So that's what we focus on now. Um, and now, so as you mentioned before, you're moving to the other side exactly. of the equation. Exactly. What does that entail? What? So it's, it's one thing to deal with helpers who are already here and want to change employer. Uh, it's another thing to, to touch them and to reach them in the sourcing countries, uh, Indonesia and, and Philippines. So to give you an idea, Philippines, we are... Uh, just got accredited a few months ago from the Philippine embassy. So we are able already to bring helpers from there to here. Mm -hmm. um, and that's great. We actually have our first batch of helpers uh, that uh, came to Singapore in uh, November and December without paying any agency fee. It's the first time, I guess, in Asia. So we are uh, super happy about that. Uh, and so we are looking at Uh, you know, who to partner with there because we, uh, we had a partner and we saw the, the way they worked was not super clean, which is a problem there. So we are switching to a, a new partner and we're probably going to have to set up our own agency there. Uh, it's on the way, but it's going to take a, a, about a year. Um, Indonesia, we, are, uh, we had the opportunity to meet a representative of the uh, local government of one of the main regions that supplies 
domestic workers, right? And uh, invited us in uh, Malang, in Indonesia, to uh, meet agencies there and to facilitate the matchmaking. That's awesome because we have the support of the authorities. We can move faster and we believe that we can become operational within three months. So in three months' time, if you're a helper in Indonesia, you're going to go on wearecaring.com. You're going to be able to apply online. You're going to be able to provide documents that we're going to check automatically for the uh, eligibility. And then you can get in touch with employers. When you find an employer, that's great. We handle everything, the medical checkups, the training, the, uh, the, all the paperwork. And you can come to Singapore. And from the very first month, you will be able to send money back home for your family and for your kids. So yeah. no waiting six, six months to a year, the very first month. Absolutely. Right. And, and it also, when, you're, when you look at these numbers, uh, it changed the dynamics um, uh, of, and the life of these girls. Why? Because when you don't have money, you come here for six months, you don't have money, and you need to send the money for the school of the kids. Yeah. And then you're going to find another way to get money. Right? So which means you're going to talk to loan sharks, and you're going to borrow money or you're going to borrow money to friends or you're going to even sometimes work as a hostess or even the next step, right? So you have a lot of activities that you can do on a sign to get money in order to, you know, to support your family. By providing an ethical hiring, you get rid of all these issues and you have a fresh start in a career in, Philipp in, a career in Singapore. And this is what we want. And that's really a, a major thing. I mean, looking at my own helper who has several kids back in Indonesia, um, I cannot imagine what would become of those kids if arriving here, for example, she would not have had any income for six months, meaning she cannot pay for school and everything. Like you said, you need to pay for certain things, so you're going to find a way to get money, obviously. Yeah. So this is really great. I, I guess that side of the equation is a little bit more complicated in terms of logistics and everything like that. Is that something for which you rely on these partnerships as well? So um, we are a small company in Singapore. For us to expand in another country is not something easy. We, uh, we went for the fastest way. The fastest way is to find a partner. So yeah, you find a partner, you have to learn how to communicate with them. That's really challenging. We see these Philippines, we see it with Indonesia, uh, different cultures. So really, we need to take time with them. Then you assess them and you think, okay, maybe they're not reliable, maybe are, or maybe they're great. I want to build up a strong relationship with them. But you look at the alternatives. To set up a company in Philippines, you cannot just go there and, and create your company. You need like 75% of local ownership. Right? So you're, you're going to have to find a solution for that. Same thing in Indonesia. No matter what, to expand and to... To, to get like your, your company at the Southeast Asia level, you need to be creative and you need to discuss with a lot of people that can give you an inside story. Right? Singapore is very straightforward. The other countries around, you need to discover the inside story. And this is what we uh, work on because that's the most challenging part for us now. Yeah, that's what a lot of people tell me in the end. Singapore is a great place to start, but then in scaling up into the region, there's a lot of challenges, mostly in dealing with local ecosystems and the way to do business in these other cultures and these other countries. And that's a big challenge in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, to, to set up a company, Singapore is ideal. You know, everybody speaks English. Uh, it's well connected with, with Asia as a whole. You know that you will not waste time with paperwork. You can set up the uh, company within a day. 
uh, once you get the visa, then you can start working. So that's pretty efficient. And, you know, you have the infrastructure, you have internet, you have everything you need, and you, know, you have the talents, the talents of the people that you can find. It, it's great here. When you move on the other side, <laughs> that's a unknown territory, really. And the culture of your company must evolve. Mostly we have in our team um, some people from, so we have uh, three people from France. We have two Singaporean, uh, Chinese Singaporean. We have one Indonesian woman and one Filipino woman. Uh, these last two people must really be the bridge for us. Otherwise, the fact that we want to, to, to become uh, a big player will not happen. Right? To change the culture and we're ready to give the lead to the people in the team and to the new people that will come uh, so, that the, so that we have in our team people that think the same way as our counterparts in, uh, in these countries. Well, one of the things that you mentioned before is that the domestic helpers, they talk about you a lot, right, amongst themselves to recommend your agency. Mm -hmm. I can definitely confirm that the same is true for the expat community not only amongst the French, but also amongst the other nationalities. I think the people that are looking for an ethical way to hire a domestic helper are definitely looking at your agency. So you've definitely got that organic growth and a worth of mouth really yeah. going for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, you, thank you very much. We uh, Actually, I think most of them, or if not all of our customers, come from recommendations. We got lucky. We never paid for any Facebook ad, any uh, Google ad, or, or any flyer on the street. Uh, we really focus on providing a good experience and most of the time it means that the person will be happy to share with, uh, with our friends the, uh, you know, uh, how was the hiring how the guys are after the hiring when we, when we have a question so that's uh, uh, the organic way to grow is, is convenient because it forces you to focus on delivering the service right? so we, do, we don't go for the grants we don't go for uh, investment uh, we focus on the service. And so you have a growth that is regular and, uh, and significant, right? To give you an idea, so we doubled the revenue between like uh, 2017 and 2018. So we are about still half a million dollars. So it's still uh, small. But uh, uh, Ali, let's share the confidential numbers. It's half a million dollars. It's probably a profitability between 15 and 20%. And we hope to improve these numbers. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's all sustainable, organic growth. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the most robust uh, growth that you can get, right? Couldn't agree more. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Right. Um, so uh, uh, we hope to. Uh, so in the coming months, uh, the orientation one is the uh, to expand abroad. The second one is to bring IT skills here in the company. Uh, we need to improve the platform whether it's by hiring someone here, whether it's by relying on a consultant, expert, and, and the remote team. We didn't figure this out yet, but clearly we need to improve the uh, IT infrastructure side. And once we've done that, uh, I believe we'll be uh, uh, on the way to uh, hopefully be one of the top, if not the top player here in Singapore and abroad. So your ambition for five years from now, top player in Asia? Uh, definitely top player in Asia. Uh, probably providing ethical hiring for domestic workers over the region, but also for other kind of workers. When you work in the street, you're going to see uh, restaurants and bars. You have foreigners working there. 
they experience the same situation. Right? You talk to them, you say, how much did you pay to get this job? And they're going to say, I paid four months, five months. Okay, so, so you know that it's the same situation for that. It's the same situation for nursing homes and hospitals, the foreigners that work there. And it's the same situation at a, even a bigger level um, to the construction workers. Right? In Singapore, you have a lot of people from India, from uh, Bangladesh, China. They pay crazy amount of money to come here. And uh, we want to touch that, not in one year, but probably between two and four years from now. Right? It means also establishing links with India and Bangladesh, but that would be a great thing to make Singapore the first uh, nation with a smart industry for migrant workers. So this is our promise to the, uh, to the government. And uh, we hope to deliver this within, let's say, three to five. Three to five years. Yes. That's a great ambition. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, this discussion. Really happy. Uh, hi to everyone. And if you, are, if you have any question, uh, feel free to contact us, to contact me. If you're uh, French, if you're not French, if you have questions about Singapore, about migrant industry, um, we're always available. Thanks. And if you're looking for a helper, you know where to go. Absolutely. So we where are, can people find you? What's yeah, your website? It's wearecaring.com. Uh, I know that's not proper English, but please pardon my French. Uh, I didn't know when I created that. Uh, so uh, wearecaring.com. One website and you can handle you know, everything. You can find and hire um, in a smooth way a helper at any time. Thanks. Thanks. Bye-bye. And that's it. Thank you for listening to this fourth episode of the French Tech Asia Pacific podcast. As always, we'd like to hear from you. We would like to hear from you. Uh, give us your feedback, please, on what you like or don't like about this podcast. You can look for our social media feeds, or if you would like to email us directly, go to hello at frenchtechpodcast.com. Also, I've been getting quite a few questions this last week about what our criteria are to get people on the podcast and stuff like that. Um, it's very, very easy, people. If you're part of French Tech somewhere here in Asia, we'd love to talk to you, right? So if you're a founder, the CEO of a startup, just send us an email to the address that Bill just mentioned, and we'll get back to you ASAP. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Bye.